Thank you for joining us today. For more information about the church, campus locations, service times, and more, visit ecoegt.com. Also, stay in touch with us on social media by liking us on Facebook and following us on Instagram, at ecoegt. Now let's repair our hearts as we go into the message. We're going to start reading there, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. And as I was preparing what God was wanting to say to us this week, um, you know, as we're getting ready for our 21 days of prayer and fasting, I felt the Lord bring me to, to talk today about prayer. Because, you know, sometimes I think what stops us from praying is, is kind of understanding how to pray. You know, because sometimes we're going, well, I, I don't have these words, or I don't have this, you know, this person is able to sound like this, and I don't, I, I don't do that. And we can allow our, our lack of knowledge of how to pray to keep us from actually engaging in prayer. And, and, and I'm a firm believer in prayer, that, man, we, we, we can do maybe a little in ourselves, but with prayer and with God, we can do a lot. We can accomplish a lot more through prayer. And so let's start reading in verses 1 and 2 of Colossians 3. Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, Paul says, So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. And it's through these two scriptures that we actually get a little insight into two competing realities. Two different competing realities. And the first reality is this earth. And the second reality is heaven. He, Paul, Paul says in Colossians, set your sights, fix your eyes, not on the realities of what? Of earth, but rather, rather the realities of heaven. So what is the reality of earth? See, the reality of earth is what you see. It's present. It's, it, it's what you are facing. Reality of earth is temporary because everything on earth has an expiration date and decay. You see, you and I were born, and from the moment we were born, we were set to die. We're, we're, we're going to die. Why? Because earth has a beginning and it has an end. It was created, therefore, it is decaying and, 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 and has an expiration date. Now, heaven on the other hand, is, is this. It's God's reality where Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. So Colossians 1 says that, that heaven is a place where Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. Heaven is eternal. It's not temporary. Why? Because there's no expiration date on it because it had no birth date. You see, heaven and God's reality, God stands outside of time. There is no beginning to God. There is no end to God. What God does is he looks at our earthly reality from a greater vantage point of something that has no beginning and has no end and actually is eternal. There's no expiration date on heaven because there is no de death and decay or heaven's reality, if we say that. Philippians 1.27 says, Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven. 
And, and this morning, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to the concept of prayer, but I, I want us to become specific and intentional on our prayer. We're, we're not just praying certain things into existence. We're actually praying from a greater reality than what we actually see with our eyes. Because there is something you see in earthly reality that, yes, seems real and is real in the present. But I want you to know something. There is a greater reality than what you're facing in the present because that's an earthly reality. There's a greater reality that God has, and it's a heavenly reality. That heaven's perspective over your life looks a lot greater and a lot more permanent than earth's perspective. And I've come to encourage you today. Get your eyes off of the earthly thing and get your eyes on to the heavenlies. Get your eyes on to the kingdom of God. Get your eyes on to being citizens of heaven and living from heaven. You see, as Christians, we're called to live from heaven. So fix your eyes on God's abundance and not your lack. Fix your eyes on, 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 on your healer that is eternal instead of the pain that you're feeling in the moment. You may have lost the battle, but, but Jesus has won all victory because he's sitting at the right hand of the Father right now. Fix your eyes onto heaven. Fix your eyes onto what is eternal. And today's title for today's message is this, praying from heaven. Say that with me. Praying from heaven. Not praying from our lack of resources, but praying from God's abundant resources. Not praying from my lack of, of, of joy and lack of peace, but instead praying from the peace and the joy that exists in a greater reality than what I'm seeing and what I'm facing. So how do we actually bring the reality of heaven into our world? We pray from access, not denial. We pray from abundance, not lack. We pray from victory, not defeat. We pray as sons and daughters, not as slaves or beggars. We pray from heaven, not from earth. Matthew 6, 33, Jesus says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. Seeking the kingdom of God and living with his kingdom values, living in righteousness, will give us greater access to the kingdom. And the reason seeking the kingdom and living right is tied together is because biblical prayer is always almost accompanied by radical obedience. That when we pray, God is inviting us into partnership with what he's doing, and it requires a radical obedience on our part. You see, God's response to prayer with our obedience is always releasing his nature to our circumstances. Meaning this, the, the, the more that we live as citizens of heaven, the more heaven's activities will actually infect and manifest in our lives. Right. See, the, the, the more we, we seek the kingdom of God and live under obedience to his kingdom, we can actually see greater things in our lives. See, Jesus said, you'll do even greater things than I. Why? Because he's given us a little instruction. Seek the kingdom. Live righteous. Live under radical obedience and watch what God can do in your life. Watch how your prayers begin to change. Watch how your viewpoint on life begins to shift. See, Paul calls us citizens of heaven. The world is our assignment. It's not our home. And so sometimes what can happen is we get so comfortable with the world 
and what we see with our eyes that we forget it is our assignment, but it's on our home. Because there's a place that Jesus has gone to prepare for us. That there is a greater place than what we are experiencing here that he has for us. And the resources to complete the assignment that God has given you are unlimited. Because our resources as citizens of heaven are not earthly. They're heavenly. See, as a citizen of heaven, you have all of the resources of heaven because of the blood of Jesus. You have all the rights that come with being a citizen of heaven. See, by being a citizen of a country, you have the rights of that country wherever you go. Right? If you get caught in, in another country and you're an American citizen, you go to the U.S. Embassy and, and you are treated, that is, that is American soil over there. Why? Because you are an American citizen. As an American citizen, you have a right to a, a free trial. You, you have a right to, to plead the fifth. You have a right for freedom of speech. You have a right and a right. right. Why? Because you are a citizen. And because you're a citizen of heaven, you have a right to the resources of yeah. heaven. The only restrictions, however, are those between our ears. Amen. Uh, see, see, Jesus is our model for how we're meant to live our lives. Jesus is our model. So how he prayed, we should pray. How he lived, we should live. We should model our lives after him. I, I love this quote by Leonard Ravenhill. He said this, Satan would have us increase even in biblical knowledge, I believe, as long as we keep from prayer, which is the exercise of the instruction we have received through the word. What use is deeper knowledge if we have shallower hearts? What use is greater standing with men if we have less standing with God? What use is personal hygiene if we have filthiness of mind and of spirit? What use is religious piety if we have soul carnality? Why strut with physical strength if we have spiritual weakness? Of what use is worldly wealth if we have spiritual poverty? Who can take comfort in social popularity if he is unknown in hell? Prayer takes care of all of these spiritual maladjustments. You see, we may, may, our, may our desire not to grow deeper in knowledge at the sake of losing deeper power. Because deeper prayer is what leads to deeper power. I really believe 2019 is going to be a year that God wants to do something incredible in my life, in your life, and in our church. But it's going to start with us going deeper in prayer. Because deeper prayer is what leads to deeper power. It's not by might nor by strength, but by the Spirit of God. See, you can't tap into the Spirit of God out of yourself. You tap into God's reality and His realm through prayer. Through prayer. So we're going to look at the model today of what Jesus taught us how to pray. And, 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 and Jesus gives us an example. He actually says, hey, pray like this. So turning to Matthew chapter six, starting and reading in verse nine, it's the Lord's prayer. Why don't, why don't we all read it uh, together out loud? Say, in this manner, therefore pray. Say it with me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom 
and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And so what we're going to do is dissect this line by line. Because what Jesus is actually doing is he's giving us an example on how to pray, but not just specifically how to pray, but how to pray from heaven. How to pray from heaven. The first line is this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. The title Father here, it's a title of honor, but it's also a call to relationship. That, that, that Jesus isn't calling God as this distant being, but instead he's calling him as father, meaning the father has sons and daughters. And if you and I are calling him father, we are his sons and daughters. Another word right there before father is our. I love that. He doesn't say my father, which are in heaven. He says our father which means it was the Father of Christ. It's the Father of you and I as believers in Jesus, that you and I have now become sons and daughters of God. The hour doesn't simply mean my Father, but He's the Father of many sons and many fathers. Our Father gives us a strong biblical foundation for praying as sons and daughters, not as beggars. But if we're honest, when we can pray, we can approach God as a beggar asking for crumbs from the table instead of approaching him as a son and a daughter who has a seat at the table for dinner. And we can say, God, maybe this, maybe that. No, approach God as a daughter. Approach God as his son. You are not a slave. You are a co-heir reigning with Christ. And, 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 and Paul was talking about this. Fix your sights on the realities of heaven. You see, sometimes you don't feel like a son and a daughter. But it doesn't not make you a son and a daughter. Just because it's true doesn't make it truth. Just because it's true. Like, yeah, it's true I may not feel this way. But there's a greater reality than what's true, and that's truth. And truth tells me I am a son of the living God. Truth tells me that he bought me with the blood of his one and only son, Jesus Christ. Truth tells me who I am. Just because it's true doesn't make it truth. So approach God as his son and as his daughter. It doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter what the earthly perspective is. The heavenly perspective is you are a son and a daughter, not a beggar. He goes on. Here, and he, he says, in heaven. In heaven shows us where the authority of God is. In heaven, our Father in heaven. His authority, notice this, is not restricted by earthly problems because his authority isn't on earth. His authority is eternal. Come on, somebody. Yeah. God has every resource you need for your life. God's got provision for your family. God's got the joy that you need. God's got whatever you need. Why? Because his provision is not based off of earthly restrictions, but off of heavenly abundance. Somebody say amen. He says, hallowed. Hallowed. Hallowed is this word meaning respected or revered. He says, hallowed be your name. What, what Jesus is doing is he's starting the prayer off by, by, by giving God praise for who he is. And this is so important, that when we approach God in prayer, we don't approach God for what he can give us, but we approach God for who he is. That we don't approach God for 
like, 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 like he's our sugar daddy, right? But we actually approach God because he's holy. We, we, we approach God because he's great, because he's mighty, because his name is the name above all other names, because there is no one like him. There has never been and there never will be anyone else like him. And so what we do is we should approach God with our worship and with our praise before we ever bring a request to him. He, he's, Jesus is, is kind of putting us in our place. He's saying, listen, so, so, when, when you pray, you're, you, you're going to, sometimes when you pray, you can just get full of yourself. Right? You're like, oh, I sound great, don't I? I mean, I, I'm, I'm speaking, I'm, I'm, I'm praying it, I'm, 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 I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And, and what Jesus is saying, when, when you approach God, approach him first with a posture of worship and adoration and reverence and praise. But it's also important because we know this, that Psalms 22, 3 says that God inhabits the praises of his people. So what Jesus, I think, here is also alluding to is, is when you praise God, you can have confidence that he's with you. That actually when you begin to praise God, before you bring any request to him, wondering if you have, have, have this counsel with him and this relationship with him, give him praise because you already know that in your praise he inhabits it. And so he's given us a confidence for which we can approach God. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. He goes on to say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The first thing that Jesus is saying here is, is he's teaching us how to pray from heaven. He says, God, let your will be done on earth. What? as it is in heaven. That, that, that God, when I pray, I'm not gonna pray with my earthly vantage point of how I want things to happen, but instead, I'm going to pray with a heavenly perspective that says, God, whatever you want to do on earth as it is in heaven, whatever your will is, may it be done in my life. What he's doing is he's, he's laying out for us to pray from heaven. This is the primary focus for all prayer. That if it exists in heaven, it is to be loosed in the earth. See, when, we, when, when the believer prays according to the revealed will of God, faith then becomes specific and focused. See, sometimes I think why we just kind of ramble on about random things is we don't know what the will of God is for our lives. Well, do you want to know what, what the revealed will of God is for your life? Go ahead and get in his word. Find out what he says about you. Find out what his promises are. Find out what it means to have life and life more abundantly. Is it about getting, getting, getting? No. Find out about what it means. Find out what the revealed will of God is. Because when you find out the revealed will of God, you can then begin to pray specific prayers for God's will in your life. No matter what you're facing. Say, so God, I know it is your will because it says it in your word. So I'm going to pray it in my life today. See, what faith does, faith grabs hold of heaven's reality. Faith grabs hold of heaven's reality. Meaning this, faith says, I don't see my victory. I don't see it in my earthly problem. But faith grabs hold of the victory that we have in Jesus, the heavenly reality. 
and says, I am going to hold on to that reality. Why? Because it is greater than what I face. I might feel bound right now, but I know that whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So I'm going to walk out my freedom until I experience it in my life. You see, living in faith isn't living in denial. See, it's not saying, well, my earthly problems don't exist. Like, if you're, if you're, I'm just, if you're in debt, you, you got to pay the, the debtor. Like, you're not going to be like, God's just going to take care of it. I'm not going to pay it anymore. <laughs> no, it's not living in denial for what's in front of you. Instead, it's saying, God, I'm going to keep doing my part. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to partner with a greater reality. I understand that what I'm facing is hard. I understand what I'm facing is painful. But I know this, that the blood of Jesus bought my victory. It bought everything and heaven, so I'm going to hold on to heaven's reality. And you want to know what? Enduring faith, not just faith, but enduring faith, doesn't let go. It says, man, it's been five weeks and nothing's happened, but I'm going to keep holding on. It's been five years and nothing's happened, but I'm going to still hold on. It's been 50 years and nothing's happened, but I'm still going to hold on. And in Matthew 18, 18, Jesus says this. I tell you the truth. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. You know, growing up, you know, Sunday night church, I, I, I grew up and, and uh, people were, were, were shouting and saying, we bind this up in Jesus' name. We loose this in Jesus' name. And I'm going, who are they tying up? You know, I, I didn't understand the concept of what it means to bind something up and to lose something. And what I'm afraid of is, is because many in the church don't understand the concept of binding and loosing. What we've done is abandoned the principle altogether. Don't ever abandon the principles of God's word and the principles of his kingdom just because you lack the understanding for the importance of what it is. And so when I really began to dive in and, and, and research what this was, it was like, man, this is so good. Because what Jesus is saying here, he is saying, pray from heaven. Yeah. I'm going to read the literal uh, translation. The Berean literal translation says, truly I say to you. Whatever you shall bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven. Whatever you shall loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. The implication is that we can only bind and loose here what has already been bound and loosed there. If it doesn't exist there, you have authority through Jesus to bind it up here. If it exists there, you have the authority through Jesus to loose it here. If it doesn't exist there and you're just trying, I'm buying this up, I'm buying this up, and, and, and it's not going with what God's word says, you're just talking. Because it's not the revealed will of God. But when you begin to begin to pray the revealed will of God over your life, you're going to start to see some amazing radical things happen in your life, especially when you accompany it with radical obedience to God. You see, it's not free to exist in heaven, or if it's not free to exist in heaven, it must be bound up here. So when you're praying, bind what doesn't exist in heaven and loose on earth what exists in heaven. Meaning, 
my father, two months ago, three months ago, was diagnosed with cancer. Does cancer exist in heaven? No, there's no cancer in heaven. That is the will of God for all of us to live cancer-free. And we're going to experience it. It's already purchased. We're going to experience it on this side of glory or that side of glory. I just got faith to say, God, I want to experience it on this side of glory. So binding it up means this. God, the cancer does not exist in heaven. So in Jesus' name, I bind up this cancer. Cancer, you don't exist there, so you cannot exist here. It's this idea of coming into partnership with what God has already ordained. You know, and, and, and some people might ask, well, well, how much is it that God destines for us to experience this manifestation of heaven on earth? I, I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. I do know that, that we're going to be called up and raptured and, and there, God's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. And, and, and he's going to set things right into eternity. But I do know this is that my life does not look like Jesus's. Like, I, did, I haven't laid hands on a blind man and, and them seen yet. You know, I, I, I haven't, I, I haven't uh, uh, given as much compassion as, as Christ has yet. I don't know how much of an increase we can have. All I know is it can be a lot more than what we have now. All I know is man, it, it can be a lot more than what I am experiencing now. See, let's keep it going on. Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread. I'm going to ask you a quick question. You can respond. Is anyone starving in heaven? No, right? Of course not. And so this request is a practical application of how his dominion should be here on earth. Abundant supply. Jesus says, why do you worry about what you're eating? Why do you worry about this or that? Doesn't God take care of the sparrows? Won't he also take care of you? See, God will take care of all of our needs. He will give us our daily bread. Bill Johnson says this, that the abuses of a few in the area of prosperity does not excuse the abandonment of the promises of God to provide abundantly for his children. God's complete and perfect provision exists in heaven, so it must be true here. God, I know that you are taking care of all of my needs. And sometimes it's aligning, making sure, hey, this really isn't a need. It's actually a want. God's not going to take care of all your wants. He's going to take care of all your needs. Come on, somebody. And so God's complete and perfect provision exists in heaven. So it must be true here. Philippians 4.19 says, And the same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to, to who? To us. In Christ Jesus. God has given you his abundance of his kingdom. Why? Because you are a citizen of heaven. And he has called each of us to live from heaven to earth. Our legal basis for provision comes from the heavenly model uh, given to us in Jesus Christ. That we have provision through Jesus. Let's keep going on. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Is there any unforgiveness in heaven? No, there is no unforgiveness in heaven. Heaven provides the model for our relationships here on earth. See, we must model heaven, making sure there's no unforgiveness in our hearts. So we're praying from heaven on how it affects our relationships. God, I, I know it's your desire because Psalms 133 says that you command blessing on unity. 
So Lord, I haven't been on one mind and one spirit. I know it's your will for that. So I'm gonna pray from heaven into my situation. God, help me to become of one mind and one spirit. He goes on, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This prayer shows that we must be absolutely dependent on God, dependent on his grace to keep us, dependent on his grace to deliver us. And this prayer is actually a request to God to not promote us beyond what our character character can handle. Because sometimes our anointing and gift are ready for increase of responsibility, but our character isn't. And so what he's saying, don't lead me into temptation. Don't lead me, God, where my feet can't stand. God, don't promote me beyond what my character can handle. We talked last week about how, how we can pray God for an oak tree and he gives us an acorn. Well, the reason God gives us an acorn when we pray for an oak tree is because if God gave you the oak tree right now, it would probably kill you. But instead, he gives you an acorn so that you can grow in the process and grow with the acorn so that when you become the the oak tree and you have the oak tree in your life, it's not going to kill you. God's not going to bless you just for it to actually defeat you. And what Jesus is praying here is he's saying, God, God, don't, don't take us where our character will make us stumble. God, I don't want to go there if I can't handle it. God, I don't want to to, to be tempted in that area if my character cannot sustain it. God, find no attachment to evil in me. He then says, for yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power and the glory forever. Amen. The kingdom of heaven is God's possession, which is why he alone can give it to us. Start having the band make their way up. This is a declaration that recognizing God, I don't manifest the realities of heaven on earth, but God does. It's actually his kingdom, his dominion under his charge. It's easy to get caught up in the things of God and to think that it was because of us. And Jesus is giving us the reminder, it's not your power, it's not your might, it's the Spirit of God through you that causes you to walk in kingdom living. Because yours is the kingdom, yours is the glory forever and ever. I love that Jesus starts teaching us how to pray praise and worship then we pray from a different perspective we pray from heaven but then he leads us right back into praise and worship it seems like he wants our attention majority of the time off of ourselves and onto God because it's at the moment that you catch a glimpse of who God is catch a glimpse of your Savior that you can find salvation. You catch a glimpse of your healer that you can find healing. You catch a glimpse of your you catch a glimpse of who he is that you stop worrying about how it's going to happen. Why? Because you caught a glimpse 
of the one that can make it happen. You caught a glimpse of who he is and it ends in praise and it ends in worship and he just says, give, give glory to God. God, right now we give you glory. God, we give you praise. God, we magnify you not, not, not for what you can give us but for who you are. And Lord, today, God, may you be exalted in our midst. God, we know only you, God, can, can, can say the word and people are healed, God. But we know that you release the word. So Lord, send your word, Lord. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Forever. Amen. God inhabits the praise of his people. 